Welcome to the Workprint Podcast. This is TV Talk Episode 6. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm a screenwriter, author, and content contributor right here on the Workprint. With me saying hi is another one of the newest uh, authors on the Workprint, Eileen Ramos. Hi! And saying hi with me as well is my good friend and fantasy sports guru, Neil Sarsano. How you doing, everybody? Cool. Uh, today's podcast will be on Season 2, Episodes 1 through 4 of the Amazon original series, The Tick, which debuts on Amazon Prime right now uh fair warning to those listening like every episode of tv talk these reviews will be filled with spoilers so yes be very wary that one through four we are going to be talking about everything however five through ten at your heart's content that said let's get started um all right so overall uh from the first four episodes of this season uh what were your guys thoughts on the developing plot of the story so far I feel with season two, it's uh, it's arrived. We're here. It's arrived. Uh, I was saying it at the beginning. Tuck your shirts and get your popcorn ready. It's it's time to go. Um, Arthur's here. He knows what he wants to do. He's got his mission. He's got his purpose. He knows who his enemies are. He's ready to go. Him and Tick uh, seem like they they want to work together to, you know, just to just to be able to win. Yeah, like Neil said, we already know the characters pretty well. It's not awkward at all, like I would expect um, last season. It's very organic, like we know which paths they're going straight on. And it looks like we're in for quite a ride. Absolutely, guys. Um, One of the things you were saying, Neil, is like Arthur feels like he's come to his own, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, One of the big things about season one, uh, and it's very much in the series itself, is that you can see... And I'm, I'm not doing this just to plug Monomythic, but you can see the hero's journey all throughout. And in season one, especially. Like, Arthur is very insecure of himself. He's not too certain about this journey and this destiny that he keeps saying, you have a destiny, you have to take this journey. And, like, the first few episodes of season one, while they are kind of slower paced, they definitely talk about, like, the call of to adventure and uh, taking the, the, the leap. The tick is, ironically, some sort of mentor figure. So, basically, it's very Monomythic structured. It's very uh, traditional superhero-esque. This time around, though, Arthur knows like exactly what he has to do. He's a lot bolder. He's a lot more confident. Um, the Tick is even high fiving him with the fact that he loses <laughs> his job in the in the first episode very quickly. Which, as a as a world building thing, is incredibly brilliant. Uh, for those who watched the original cartoon shows and uh, a lot of the original Tick storylines, I guess from the comics and some of the one offs. Uh, one of the funniest things about Arthur's character was he didn't go by, like, Mothman. He was just, he was just blatantly Arthur, his, like, first name. And they kind of finally addressed that as, like, an issue in, in season two, because, like, pretty soon into the first episode of season two, um, Arthur is addressed at work. Hey, is that you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that was something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Funny suit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, while it does kind of implode that life, it again coming back to monomythic structure, it's just it's just him embracing that call because by towards the towards the end we find out about this new this new potential uh, storyline slash organization, um, which I guess I'll ask you, what do you guys think of Aegis? It was nice to to see it uh, up and operating because uh, in season one it was mentioned, but it was a. Uh, it was a it was a closed building so what's what's behind the uh, what's behind the doors what's behind the windows and uh it was you know once again it was nice to see it it was there it was up and operating you got people walking around they're setting it up oh pardon us pardon pardon uh, our appearance we're we're setting up shop so that was something i like the whole big brother aspect how they send these drones out to patrol the city and to watch everything even kevin was right up on it he I feel like Kevin is like a secret man scientist and like how he's always brilliant and right, even though everyone's like, nah, that can't be true. He's crazy. He's a conspiracy theorist. But no, he's on the money all the time and people need to listen to him. No, absolutely. Uh, the mad scientist, the that whole, how's the saying go with uh, genius comes madness, that yes. kind of thing. And Kevin's totally, absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. And it's funny that you mentioned the big brother thing, because even I think like the terror's last words were like, Beware of Big Brother, and I think oh, even Overkill yeah. mentions, you know, Big Brothers in Disguise. So we've been kind of setting this up since the uh, the first season, and uh, I'll be honest, Aegis, 
Aegis is so blatantly ripoff of Shield from Marvel, <laughs> and it's so beautiful because I think one of the one of the strongest points of of uh, the Tick is how they parody. Like, because there's been so much superhero stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we've done everything you can imagine in the past, like, 20 years in film and media, animation, like, everything. Um, and so they, they kind of embrace these tropes, which are well-established, and they just kind of play play around with it. So, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., Aegis, uh, coming back to Hero's Journey, which is also tied to this, uh, a lot of a lot of the, uh, the Aegis-related material is also tied into mythology. Um, mm. Aegis is apparently in, like, the shield of Zeus or something like that, uh-huh. and, uh, their symbol is literally a Medusa. Right. Two images directly from Greek mythology. Uh, even the temporary villain of the first four episodes, Lobster... I can't Lobster- pronounce Hercules? it. Lobster Hercules? a playoff of Hercules. So, right. it's just oh, hero's wow. myth literally getting thrown at you in every corner. Yeah. And okay. I think that's really cool. Especially because yeah. that's such a template for modern superhero storytelling. I mean, mm-hmm. storytelling in general, but superheroes especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Aegis is interesting. Um, in this season, we see we see the Tick and Arthur kind of get recruited into Aegis's basic version of the Avengers, playing on the, uh, what is it called? The Flag 5? Flagship 5. The Flagship, Flagship 5. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. Trying to... There's a there's a big recruitment contest. Oh, flag five? Or Sorry. the flag five. I don't know anymore. That's fine. Flag, flag <laughs> five, flagship five. You get it. It's the five. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're they're trying to make their own superhero team for the city, the undisclosed mm. city that's just called the city. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so uh, Tick and Tick and uh, and Arthur are heads in. Like, let's just go for it. Uh, that being said, um, I guess let's just go over everyone's characters because there's so much. There's so much going on in terms of uh, season two with literally everyone's storyline, which I think is beautiful. But mm-hmm. since we're on it, uh, Tick and Arthur. Guys, what are your thoughts? Like, Tick reminds me so much of, like, a dog. <laughs> like, he's always optimistic. He When he was, oh, when Arthur came back um, to the apartment, he was like, oh, Arthur's here. And he runs around really quickly out of the shower. And he's like, oh, I've been waiting you for all day. And I've been, like, trying to... Where were you? Where did you go? So just like a dog waiting for its master. And the fact that he refers to, um, like, remember Doug from Up? Like, he refers to them as master. Yes. And, like, Tick refers to his chum, his buddy, his all this, always by affirmative, positive names. So I thought that was really interesting. Like, Tick is totally a dog, and I love it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't stress. Tick and, tick and Arthur. Uh, Neil, yeah, that that was uh, I really like what you said there, uh, Eileen. That was great. Yeah, he, he is very similar to a dog. Um, yeah, I was just thinking with with the tick. He, uh, I hope this isn't too off topic. He, his voice, I'm I'm feeling like, like an Adam West. Is that? Mm, oh, absolutely. Yes. Right? That, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm just thinking of it's that the that uh, confidence and gravitas. Yeah, that, yeah. Is it overarching? You're right. Very confident. Mm-hmm. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, Lots of puns and alliteration. <laughs> Thank you. I was going <laughs> to mention that at some point. Tick's alliteration game is yeah. just so, so on point this season. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I loved it. it it's, it's just really poetry, good. but it's also really funny poetry because the things that come out of his mouth. Like, he's so eloquent, but he's such a dumbass. Yes. I don't understand. <laughs> like, you know, Yoda's wise and yeah. he's all annoying, but he talks so weird and, like, childish. So it's just like, what is this? Like, what? He, he's such a standout as a character. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, he, absolutely. He's amazing. I love the narration he does in every episode. Yeah. So good. Yeah, and uh, you used an O word, right? Optimistic. I, mm-hmm. I was just thinking he's also oblivious. Right. Yes. He's oblivious to a lot of things. It's kind of cute, kind of innocent, you know, yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so strong. You know, he can just take somebody, hold him in the air. Hmm, how, wait, how did that go again? Or I don't know, chum. <laughs> Right. It's just no big deal to him. He's so nonchalant. Oh, let me put this person back down. <laughs> you know, he's... Yeah, I just... I want to just touch on how he's so oblivious, but yet, you know, we all seem to love him, so... Yeah. Uh, in support of that, uh, in episode two, um, when they're going through the recruitment uh, ages process, they... They have them run through a series of tests. <laughs> mm. And Arthur, unsurprisingly... He he basically straight out fails, and like the only real superpower superpower Arthur seems to have is the suit. Which mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've known that, and this is kind of his journey of self discovery. Uh, more so self discovery last season, but this is his journey of like experimenting and embracing that that hero's destiny that he has. Um, but Tick, 
Tick is so overpowered. Um, they, they, they do the, the rankings of the power levels, and Arthur scores like a straight out zero. Um, but Tick got like a four on the first test, and he literally, literally destroyed the machine right. for the, the test of uh, strength or whatever, right? Yeah. And as, as they just keep running through these, you start realizing, and I think uh, they even say it towards, uh, back towards the back end, Tick, Tick is off the charts, but they don't know what that means. He has no mm. backstory. There's no history. And the fact that uh, Aegis, of all people, don't have the, uh, the history when they're like known as like a, you know, organization that has intel on everybody, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, and Tick has amnesia. And so like, he's this big enigma. You don't know if he's an alien, a robot, or anything. Like, uh, Right, he he's molting. I remember in the first episode, like, oh, that too. yeah, like, what is that? Is he an alien or some sort of bug hybrid or like, like a result of a mad science experiment? It's like it could be anything, and I, it's just weird <laughs> to see him shed. I want to see more shedding though, just to see what it comes out like. Is there? I was gonna say peeling, molting. Yeah. That's a better word. Yeah, is that the right word? Okay. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, we were talking about this too when we were watching. Uh, the a big reason for the the molting thing, um, and I guess they just tied it into the world building, is um, in, in I think the pilot episode they had a completely different suit uh, for the tick, because uh, I think the way Amazon Prime worked originally, I don't know if they changed their system, but they'll they'll shoot a pilot, and if it does well, if it gets like a good amount of reception, um, they'll shoot the entire season afterwards and greenlight that, and if that does well, they'll just keep going. So it basically, it's like a step by step, you know, uh, greenlight, uh, and the fact that the tick had a second season. It was, a, it was a really good sign. Uh, that said, the suit in the pilot looks really awful, no offense. Right. Uh, but then in the, I think in episode two of season one, you notice it changes, and even Arthur makes a snide off comment about, hey, you look different. And Tick's like, oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't remember the exact details, but it's <laughs> along those lines. And now this season, you see the suit entirely different. And it seems like with this whole molting thing, that they're tying it into Tick's lore, whatever that may be. I, I have no idea, but it's still pretty cool, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything else about Arthur and Tick? You covered his self-assuredness, Arthur. I like how he's, like, such a fanboy. So it's so major with ages. And, like, he's, like, starstruck with everything. And I feel like that was the most optimist and when he had that chance to become a registered superhero that was the most optimistic i ever seen him like the most gung-ho about this hero thing the fact that he wants to become part of the flag five and like just but then to see him crushed after each test is like detrimental to my morale like it's so bad oh no, absolutely and i it's good that you mentioned that because like i forgot that he because he, he's such a this was like his life before the tragedy with his dad and one of the things i think he mentioned in season one uh, and I think they might have mentioned it here too. Was uh, like his 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 uh, dream was to become one of the one of the f uh, f flag five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now it seems like it's in his grasp. But as you mentioned, total, totally failing everything. Um, until Colonel, oh gosh, what's his name? It's so classic. Um, oh, Ty. I was gonna say T Rex, but that's wrong. No, no, no that's no, actually no. it. It's oh. Ty, Ty, Ty Rathbone. Okay. Wait, what? Ty Rathbone. Tyrannosaurus. Rathbone. I'm pretty sure it's Terry. Yes, you were right. That is okay. a really crazy name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He complained how long it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he was like, oh, I gotta keep signing this long name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, once once uh, Arthur, I think he gets called in to talk to him, they're like, listen, um, we don't know what this tick thing is, but you're obviously the brain. He's the bronze. We want that. And so he, I think the whole purpose of Arthur getting to join that whole... Uh, Aegis group mm -hmm. is uh, he's supposed to kind of keep Tick in line because they they don't really know what Tick is just like we don't but from his actions which makes in our my opinion at least uh, makes Tick a hero through his actions you can kind of see Tick is just a good guy I yeah. mean it's general yeah mm -hmm. he's never had like a selfish no thing. not at all yeah next character we went on that one for a while uh, Dottie oh my gosh oh, I love her I. I gotta be honest to everyone in this podcast. I love Valerie Curry. She's so good. She is. I've seen her like in a short film, and uh, she was in another Fox show. Oh, was she? Yeah, she was. Uh, it was like, it was about a serial killer. Oh, really? Yeah, and it had these two hot twins that weren't played by twins actually, but I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really good looking, and they end up getting married. Um, the actor and the actress in real life. Oh wow, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. so it was just like, oh, it was with Kevin Bacon. 
Oh, uh, remember? Oh, do you know what the show was? Dude? I, I do watch a lot of Fox. I do watch a lot of Fox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it the ki- not the killing? Um, um, it was just like a. They were trying to capture a serial killer. Yeah. And yeah. Valerie Carey's character was. You find out that she was trying to help. She took care of the one of the victim's sons and like was a caretaker and she had a big role in the show. She See, was that's, great. That's cool because for me, mm. what sold me was uh, Kara, the PS3 demo, the the video game thing. Because in that, uh, which became a video game called, um, I think, was it Beyond Human Detroit or something like that? I think I wrote it down here. Uh, beyond? No, I didn't. <laughs> it's Beyond and something related to Detroit. Um, but it was originally a PS3 demo and her character is, and she, she mo-cat, she motion capped. She, uh, captured the entire thing into the dialogue and it's like a short like maybe 10 12 minute video and it's her as like an ai mm. and this is before westworld so yeah. this is really like really dope and um not ai uh, an android mm-hmm. and so she's this character and uh i think she's trying to pass their kind of uh their turing test type thing where mm-hmm. it's like all right they need to pass but not be too self-aware she starts failing it and so they start dis- disassembling her and she like pleads like like why she should exist and and stuff and it's a really touching ai sci-fi moment scene and i think it was like really uh one of the more powerful things on uh in that uh, you think it was e3 that they demoed it mm-hmm. um but that that slip made me fall in love with this actress i was like holy yeah. crap like that's a great performance i don't know what you're gonna do next but you have my support <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing i love yeah. her yeah um oh, well, I, mean, I think died. i oh, oh. sorry i think i uh, the Fox show. I was going through the list in my head of all the, you know, all the shows. Uh, is it following? Yes. Following? It was the following. There yeah. you go. Okay. Oh, awesome. the. Or is it the following or following? Oh, jeez. I, I think saying, it's ha- the following. Help me get these pieces because uh, I was thinking of all the, remember Family Guy did all the canceled Fox shows. I was going through them in my head. Nah. <laughs> no, this, is it called the following? I think so, yeah. Okay. I That's where Valerie Curry was on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, so her uh, and her her ESP, like I can't say ESP, but her special ability mm-hmm. and her new partnership with Overkill in these first four episodes. Guys, mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, she has, um, like, abilities. Yeah, yeah. Premonitions? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, some sort of, like, precognitive, like, she can kind of... Well, that's the thing, is I can't tell if she's um, getting the vision ahead of time, if she's literally rewinding time. I don't know how it Whoa, works. True, awesome. yeah. What, I was... do, what do you guys think? Early on, I want to say I thought she could see like see the future, like see what was gonna happen. Yeah. Because remember when she knocked the coffee down while the dude was really uh, upset? Obviously, the the dog was okay. So did she see the future, or or like or did she? Is she? Yeah. What was the other thing you said, Christian? Oh, I was saying like she could just rewind time for oh, a little rewind bit. time. Like, yeah. I'm not sure. But then she yeah. did have like premon- premonition premonitions. Yeah. Premonition. Uh, the dreams. The so, dreams. Like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it is more. Uh, precognitive that kind of thing okay i'm not sure but it's it's a pretty cool story um uh what do you guys think about her and overkill this season oh my gosh (laughs) i like their they're bouncing off each other i like their chemistry a lot they're really interesting together i like how she's a lot more harder edged than overkill in some ways yes especially this season yeah i was like like he actually goes in for hugs she never hugs people Yes. Never. I never seen her hug anyone or offer a little affection besides talking. Of course, she cares about Arthur and her family, but like, <laughs> when Overkill goes in for the hug, and then she's like looking at him up and down, like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah. And she just is like tries to turn hard again, like, "Yeah, jeez." Because oh, he also doesn't touch at all, and so this was like a groundbreaking moment for him. I think in the first season too, she, I think she, did she go for a hug with him? And he was like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. He's he's very much Batman, but we'll talk about him after um after talking about Dot. Um, oh yeah, and Dottie, she she fell asleep, and he didn't move his arm for was it really like eight hours? Yeah, so that I, I was kind of thinking like, well, he, he's he's really nice there. He, that's not overkill, you know. He's yeah. really, and they were they were getting yeah. drunk together, building chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna call out the elephant in the room. It just seems like there's a potential romantic story arc, <sighs> but like. It's. I think they're 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 a little bit above that at the t- at the tick because they they know these tropes, mm-hmm. obviously very well. Um. So I think the easy route would be romance. Yeah. But I think they're gonna go beyond that. I think we'll just keep it as like a professional partnership. We don't really know because we only saw the first four episodes. So, for anyone who saw the rest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they keep it professional. Like I don't. 
I kind of tired the trope of like two heroes falling in love and like I just want them to build and support each other as friends. Absolutely. So it'd be more interesting for me. If they put romance in, I was like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, especially because uh, last season he had that really unhealthy relationship with uh, Lint. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, and it's like what what is going on? It's just very torturous and very antagonistic. But that bloomed some sort of romance. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I I don't want any type of romance between uh, Dottie and Overkill. We're getting there, but we'll t- maybe a uh, danger boat and Arthur a little romance talk about later. <laughs> we will definitely circle back to that. As yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Dot Dot's kicking some serious butt. Um, she's doing some crap maga this season, guys. Um, and gals and any other person who's listening to this that I'm not using the proper pronouns for. Uh, <laughs> uh, serious butt is kind of uh being tutored by Overkill, much to the chagrin of uh of uh, Arthur and Tick. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the big, a big thing with her uh, and going, uh, that hug, that hug scene, uh, the re- the reason Overkill is going for it is because, um, she, she, uh, the, what's it called? The life debt. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I was like, yeah, why, yeah, why, yeah. Why do I remember this? I was thinking Chewbacca. Once I thought Chewbacca, I'm like, life debt. I remember now. <laughs> for other fellow nerds, you know that Chewbacca has a life debt with Han. That's why he's his, their best bros and he, he protects him. Well, his life. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, Overkill has this life debt, as we saw at the end of, or midsection of season one, where um, the Tick saved his life, and so the only way to pay it back is to save the Tick in return, which is physically impossible, because the Tick, as far as we know, can withstand just about anything. Um, so the Tick gives him uh, kind of like a reverse genie thing, which is, I want you to not kill again, and Overkill's sad face emojiing, basically. <laughs> and... Uh, but he, he doesn't kill for the most part, uh, and he's, like, immediately from the beginning of season two, you can see that where he picks off, he's, he's just miserable that he can't kill people. I mean, you remove yeah. the kill and overkill, and it's just over, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a joke in <laughs> yeah. the episode. It's a great joke, though. Um, that said, uh, that, that, uh, I was going to say Val. Uh, uh, Dottie, um, she, she also saved his life at the end of season one when she did CPR, when he was... He was dead. <laughs> it was like, I cardiac True. arrest two minutes ago, if you guys remember uh, back end of season one. And um, so she CPR'd on him and saved his life. So technically, uh, he owed a life debt to her. Therefore, using her special reverse genie <laughs> wish, um, she wished that he could kill again. And that's why he right. wanted to go for the hug. Because as that famous, not famous, but that classic, there's a, the classic moment in the story where once that's granted upon him, we get a like a three sixty shot of him basically like in pure bliss. It's like the happiest you can see him. That's why he goes for the hug, because it's like oh, I can kill again and like magic <laughs> is in the air all of a sudden, which I thought was probably one of the funniest funniest jokes. Um so that being said, um because <laughs> we're talking about him a lot, overkill. What do you guys think of overkill though, overall? Besides that, uh, so far this uh, this season. Let's see, Overkill. Well, one thing that I I, I was noticing all throughout um, um, everything been watching, I'm probably gonna mess up his name, and I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he, he he looks so much like J C. Chasse. From, uh, yeah, that name <laughs> from In Sync. I mean, we gotta get like a. Oh my gosh. We gotta get like a shot of them, like two photos next to each other. <laughs> I'm like, man, they look so similar. But I'm sorry, I know it's a little off topic. Uh, no, no, totally. I, I can see it. Like with the, uh, you just added like a little bit of scruff. Yeah. It's JC. JC, yeah. right? It's pretty accurate. Man, JC. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see here. Yeah, he's. He's got that tough external shell, but. Then there's times where he puts down the shield and, oh wow, he's actually got some feelings in there, some emotions. He, you know, he'll hide behind the mask, he'll be wet in the corner, he'll be in the corner of the, the room always. <laughs> and then, what are you doing there? He, it's, like, it's like he's trying to be scary, but yet he's not. <laughs> he's kind of like a fly on the wall. Yeah, that's a good thanks. Yeah. yeah, like a fly on the wall, yeah. And trying to be at least. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been drinking? No. Yeah. Like, he's... <laughs> It's like very black and white, like cut and dry, like A B A B. It's just no, absolutely. Yeah. And it, uh, for me, it's, it's 
I, I personally think it's just one big joke off of Batman. He's very much a Batman type and tough exterior. Agreed. Everything's black and white and gruff and I gotta talk this way, you know? Yeah, the uh, voice, too. Yeah. Um, Get over her. Yeah, but uh, this season, because of his existential crisis without being able to kill, he is very polarizing, you're correct. And so there are moments where, I think you even mentioned to me earlier, he's very philosophical, which is very strange. Yeah, I, this, um, it seems like in season two, wow, he's more philosophical. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. He's very, like, aware with his situation uh, and kind of the dread of, like, who he is without k- killing, which is so, <laughs> that's so great to me. Um, and then his, his oh, his one-liners are priceless. Oh, he does a good deadpan. Like, yeah. he's really great. Yeah. I really like how tender he was with, um, with, um, oh, d- dead boat. No, wait. Danger boat, sorry. Danger boat, yeah. Danger, Danger boat. boat. Yeah. Danger. He's like very concerned about him, and like he sees that I'm alone in the world, and it's dark and scary, and I'm the tower in the night. But like he has this like <laughs> he has this like sweet relationship with Danger boat. Like he always, hey, are you okay, buddy? He actually calls him buddy, and That's he's true. a lot more true. close with him compared to anybody else in the world. Like most people think he's dead or like gone rogue, but he's still with Danger boat and has stuck with him. I'm like curious about how he came across danger boat when they both went rogue or like how did they come together i hope they reveal that oh no absolutely i'm actually really curious about that story um besides dot Dot, dot's probably my favorite character at the moment but like right after her are probably overkill and danger boat like i didn't i didn't realize how much i would love danger boat but like after last year and this year he's become like one of my favorite characters in the series which is confusing because he's he's a boat um (laughs) But uh, no, absolutely. Um, one of oh my gosh, one of my favorite funny bits with Overkill was um, uh, in episode four. Yeah, he talks about um, I think they're doing like a flashback, and Overkill's first reaction to the guys, or I should say, everyone, is uh, "I'm sorry, but it's not my story to tell." It all started when, and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> and they cut right into the flashback, and it's and he has so many brilliant moments of, of like that this season, where yeah. he is very polarizing, but it works to the humor, and it's it's great. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't forget about this character. Speaking of Overkill, let's talk about his former girlfriend, uh, Miss Litz, oh. and the Joan of Arc storyline. Uh, what do you guys think about about uh, Miss Lintz and uh, and where her character's thing is going? Uh, yeah, the uh, well, she's using what the the twenty eighth amendment yeah. to to she's using that like to, she's hiding behind that because uh, she can pose as a superhero, but she's really not. But yeah, it looks like she is, so it's okay. I mean, she's definitely getting uh, I guess we should say more crafty, more cunning. Uh, she's got a lot more ability in the um, in the suit she's wearing and her. Uh, Oh, uh, was it uh, Edge Lord? I was yeah, drawing oh, a blank there. Gosh, yes. he, he's hooking her up with everything, and that's her guy, right? It yeah. is her guy, a and little, little tech a, guy. He's a great yeah. character. He's, he's like great. a little um, hot topic themed yeah. teenage looking <laughs> yeah. uh, weird kid, but he's got all the gear and stuff, and he's, he's so intense. He is intense. He is Edge Lord too? This is like oh. the first day of the rest of your life. What's that quote? This is the first day of the rest of your life when when he like got her the suit. I don't know something. Yeah, <laughs> I my favorite from him was like uh, it's like in between raindrops or something or something. Like oh, um, running, I am the blah blah blah. I run between the raindrops or like yeah like, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we totally butchered the. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Watch the episode. It's worth it. It's like episode three, I think. Um, because episode three is very focused on her storyline. Right. Um, yeah. Also, to tie in with the mythology, I like how her helmet looks like some sort of, like, Viking or, like, Greek god helmet. Like, uh, what's her name? Archimedes or, like, some Apollo, like, would wear a helmet and going off to riding Perseus or Pegasus. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was cool. No, totally. Um, And that's actually brilliant that you you pointed that out because that's... Again, it comes back to that, that theme of, of the, the myths and the hero's journey, and it it's very prominent there. And I also find it funny that she basically, you know, throws lightning. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for, for her story this this uh, season, um, she, she, she picks up quickly after um, escaping the terror's uh, uh, 
tea ship, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and she gets out of the escape pod, and she's like, oh, poops, because uh, Aegis has come out in the open saying, we're going to reinstate superheroes in the city. Uh, she's trying to lay low, and where did she stay again? Lay low. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. The... It's spelled L-E-I dash L-O. Oh, with the, the pineapple. The pineapples. The hotel, yeah. The hotel. So yeah. it's like a Hawaiian-themed hotel that's like Lelo or something? Yeah. That's Lelo. great. <laughs> it's awesome. We showed it twice. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I have to double check. <laughs> Very clever. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought because it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's staying there and um, she talks to Edge... Edge... Uh, Edgelord. Edgelord, thank you. Edgelord, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so they're, she's getting... Uh, basically, Edgelord's hooking her up with equipment because her, her nefarious plot as the leader of um, what's left over of the Terror's old gang is um, if you... She can't be out in the open, you know, do that, that whole uh, 20th Amendment the 20th secret mo- okay. thing. So mm-hmm. she, she's secretly... Uh, I guess moon moonlighting is that the word? I don't know. She's yeah, she's basically right. pretending to be a superhero just to pretty much take out her own competition. Yeah, she's which like is posing a, as a superhero, maybe abso- right? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. And it's a, it's a great story. Um, I I have to mention its importance because um, in terms of storytelling, I'm realizing that she's slowly becoming kind of a vigilante, but using the excuse of I'm just doing it to take out competition, but she's taking out other bad guys mm. overkill is somebody who is a vigilante and takes out other right. bad guys Ooh, and they're yeah. both killing them they both kill yeah i'm just throwing it out there i'm not sure what happens but i feel like this is potentially setting up a reunited a reunited uh re-meeting of the two of them on the same side doing the same exact things Ooh. which could be a lot of fun yeah. but this is just me throwing out a theory out there i don't know but it's just i found it ironic yeah that sounds really cool yeah, no, i want that to happen what? Esteban yeah. and Janet, if I use their real names. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Joan of Arc, that, that's a pretty dope story. Um, oh, right. How can we forget about this? Um, Danger Boat. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Um, so for, good. Yeah, for those who are going to watch, episode four is a very Danger Boat-themed story. Definitely check it out. Um, yeah, uh, Danger Boat's played by um, Alan... Alan yes. Alan Tudyk? Yes, thank you. I always get them wrong, but I love them so much. Um, Alan Tudyk is K2SO from Rogue One, and he's played a million different sci-fi roles, and uh, he's in a lot of different things. Just IMDb him. It's amazing the things that Alan Tudyk's been in. And uh, I guess I I want to get into that character and stuff, but I first want to talk about Knight Rider. Because um, in episode four... <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is I'm not a huge Knight Rider fan um, you find out a little bit of, of Danger Boat's backstory and Alan Tudyk does a, a really sweet job of portraying heart to the character into like this robot character which um, he again he's played in Star Wars as well as a pilot and ironically enough Danger Boat is a ship so Alan Tudyk knows how to do this role and uh, and in Knight Rider, if you've ever seen the original, there's a his his partner is Michael, right? Mm, Michael, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And in this whole montage slash backstory, uh, you find out Danger Boat he he had an old partner who treated him like a human, the first human to be kind to him, whose name was Michael. And I'm Michael like, Knight. oh my god, it's a Knight Rider wow, reference. Knight Rider reference. Yeah. yeah, and well executed and well emotionally conveyed by Alan Tudyk himself. But yes. um, that said. That's my favorite piece about him. But what are you guys' thoughts on on uh, Danger Boat? I really like him. He's like more openly affectionate compared to all the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I like. It reminds me of Scarlett Johansson's work in her. How she played oh God, like an yeah. AI, and like you could feel so much out of their relationship, and then you could see a glimpse of how tender um, Danger Boat is. And I'm just like. There's like this part. I don't know if this happens in other shots, but when he was talking to Arthur, he blushed red. Oh, and yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if he did, does he blush red in any change no, colors. That's the only time that I was saw the only it. Time. That's like real emotion. Like he, that's the first time he said "I love you" into someone in ages. Like yes. So it's awesome. I just like I like those little, like little touches of yeah. special effects. Like it really brings a lot to the character. Yeah. Yeah, um, and well, he's he's a boat. He can fly, and um, the the acronym PT 
SD. Oh. I mean, he you know, seemed like he was going through that because of Michael. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. definitely, um, you know, like, like a boat with, uh, yeah, obviously, um, a human human emotion. Uh, and I guess he, that's what feel, feels like guilty because he he was paying attention to his uh, his cake. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, oh, geez, look out. And so, yeah, I mean, just that that's definitely, uh, uh, you know, machine electronics. But um, it almost feels like, nah, he, 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 he's, he's a person. He's real because of that mm -hmm. PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very humanized. This again, this 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 boat where, you know, they they use as like a lab slash home base. Um, I can't stress how awesome that is. Uh, that yeah. there's so much character for a setting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna throw this out there for any fellow nerds. Um, Alan Tudyk said in an interview that whenever he plays a pilot as a ship captain or, or robot. There is there's a technique and there's a YouTube video I probably will attach it to the review of this uh, podcast where um, whenever he does it look for the flip floop floop which is basically his character flips three mechanical levers that mean absolutely nothing while trying to drive a point just to make it seem like there's something poignant that he's saying um, he's done it for every single ship captain almost robotic role so look for it in this season I'm not saying it's there or not I'm just guessing. But I'm going to say that's probably going to be there. At least I think so. I'm not sure how it would be with the little eyeball camera, but look for the move, move, move. Because <laughs> that's very much his MO whenever he plays one of these robots. Um, Easter eggs are fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. True. Uh, all right, so we went over just about every... Oh, actually, I forgot one character, which we should mention, uh, Superion. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Uh, thoughts on Superion. Um, you guys take it away. Yeah, definitely. He seemed very stressed. He uh, he stopped shaving for a while. He had the heavy uh, five o'clock shadow going. He was in another part of the world. His uh, it almost reminded me of Superman with the zzz, the eyes, yeah. just just shooting out the was it, was it laser? fire laser thing. Yeah, it's like a laser. And then uh, he uh, he borrowed uh, Arthur for a bit when he was yeah. sleeping, so they could they could chat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it took him to like some temple or something was it machu i'm oh, sorry guatemala guatemala okay oh. and then he get uh arthur what is it he gives him that advice it's like give them a gift i don't know just just be a kind gesture. a gesture a grand gesture, grand gesture and he does and ooh boy oh gosh um i think what, what is it what what mom i forgot which mountain but it was definitely when a natural treasure i think it, or it was a natural treasure, treasure. Yeah. it was like a natural like it's one of those things that you see in a, a what are they called? National parks. Yeah. And he completely defaced it just to sculpt himself, saving humanity, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it caused a lot of uh, a lot of people were annoyed. Uh, basically, Aegis even sh I think they shut down for the entire day just yeah. to do PR damage for what's you know Superior. Um, oh, and we find out through uh, a guest cameo who I don't know if he has a bigger role, but he's pretty awesome. Um, and one of uh, Neil and my favorite actors, uh, Stephen Ogg. Yeah, I, I was so <laughs> I was so happy to see him. I was like, Nah, Stephen Ogg, Nah, Nah, can't be. Oh my goodness, it is. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> definitely one of our uh, one of our favorite uh, favorite actors. Yeah, he's um, uh, Flex Flexer. Wait, Fle Flexon. There he uh, goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's retired and uh, yeah, he's just hanging out, just chilling. And then later on, what is he? Oh, I'm just doing some gambling. <laughs> he's reaping the benefits, and he's the yeah. he's the the Stephen Ogg character that you co you've come to love uh, from all of his random uh, cameos and appearances. Uh, particularly if you uh, don't know, Walking Dead, he plays that character really well. Mm -hmm. um, Westworld, he plays that character very well, uh, and the role that originated the Stephen Ogg character, which in a lot of people argue was just Stephen Ogg, is uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, was it five or six? The one that came out. Uh, five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. And he plays Trevor, like this really crazy psychopath who looks pretty much like Stephen Ogg and is just going kind of crazy and being that tough but insane, do whatever kind of guy. And now whenever you see him in these types of roles, you can kind of imagine him being crazy, you know? Um, but yeah. Uh, he, he, he tells Aegis very much like, hey, you know. Or he tells the guys that Aegis had to shut down for Superion. That's just why we went on that tangent. Um, but, uh, yeah, Superion uh, trying really hard to 
to make up for his mistakes with the terror. He's so weird. He's like the most powerful being on Earth. In fact, probably the whole entire universe. But he cares so much about people. But they, his opinion, he's a megalomaniac. I think the tech mentioned like megalomaniac mountain. Uh, so I was oh, like, yeah. wow. Like he has his god complex. He he says he's gonna save humanity. He thinks of humanity as this gin- one of the newscasters called it a gin- in, the, in his statue. It was humanity as a gingerbread melted man. And he thinks so low of us, but he wants all of our approval. And I feel like he's being a superhero just for that. He could have been hiding away, have a family of his own, building up a life of his own without helping people. But he just wants approval all the damn time. And it's like, why? Like, he doesn't need to. It's a great parody of Superman, in my opinion. It's it's great. Um, just the way <laughs> Overkill's a parody of Batman. Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of the tick uses those tropes, but I completely wholeheartedly agree, you know? It's it's so over the top. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. It's great. Um, so, uh, in terms of style, I'm just gonna throw this in there. Uh, do you do you get a Venture Brothers vibe from from the series because of the the way that they parody uh, superheroes and such? Um, as you know, you you watched Venture Brothers a few times, right? Or yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of Patrick Warburton and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, I didn't even right? make that connection. I'll yeah. make that connection. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. gonna make that connection. Wow. Yeah, good call. Good. Pat- Patrick Warburton played a tick in the original. In the original, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think you mentioned that he was a producer. For oh, he's a producer for yeah, this. That's right. This, yeah. This, yeah. This tick. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Another animated reference. And I'm just throwing these out there because it seems like the tick... I don't know if they're pulling from it, or they seem very similar. Um, Archer. No, this is a show Neil and I both love. Yeah, Neil. oh, yeah. The um, the opening credits, I, I saw it maybe two or three times, and it just popped in my head. Wait, wait, Archer. Wait, wait, that, that's Archer right there. The... Uh, you have um, the, like, the... I guess the, the letters of, like, the, uh, the names of everybody, and then... Uh, in Archer, I want to say you have like the it's like a little almost like a little marble rolling around, yeah. and with this you have oh geez like something rolling around and da 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 you have all the 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 music all the wild music <laughs> going then at the end it's kind of like and then you have uh, the tick standing there with um Arthur then he puts his arm around him and just kind of like uh, on Archer you have uh, I'm trying to close my eyes and visualize this. <laughs> I want to say you have Sterling there, and then you have like Archer. Then they all fall. It's just like it's just no so similar. It it's funny that you mentioned that because I never made that association until you mentioned it. And then when I watched, I compared the two, and you're you're spot on, dude. The lettering's almost exactly the same. The coloring scheme's exactly the same. The music is almost exactly the same. It makes me wonder. I Google searched this after I think you mentioned it. I'm like, was this the same people who do the opening credits animation wise? And so I, I looked. And they're apparently completely different, but it's really, yeah, really it's... odd. Uh, if there's a YouTube video comparing Archer and Tick's uh, opening oh, sequence, I will yeah. post it. But um, yeah, that was a good call, dude. I was like really surprised. Well, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It... Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. It's so similar. Yeah. And even some of the comedy bits, too. Which yeah. uh, ties us into our, our last uh, topic for, um, for the Tick season two. Uh, favorite bits. If you guys have any left, I know we've been kind of rambling on about all the random things, but uh, what do you think favorite joke or favorite bit? Ooh, let's see. <clears throat> Hope I'm not mixing this up, but I I remember... Was the was Arthur or the Tick falling out of a window? Unless it's season one. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm falling out of a window. And then yeah. I want to say the Tick was narrating falling out of a window but he was just so calm and tranquil and you know he had his his, his tick style voice but yeah, it's like wait a second you're falling out of a window but I, <laughs> is that last season i don't know i think that's season it one. was season one but okay he, there are lots of moments <laughs> lots of like those, that right? yeah. uh, with tick which is great honestly <laughs> yeah yeah that just popped in, into my head but oh let's yeah. see i don't know Hylian, you have any yeah i like well i love the alliteration that tick does it's such a sun like Megalo Mountain or like other little nice things and like eloquence and he's just he seems so literary but he, he I bet he doesn't open a book I think he was confused with newspapers in season one like if I remember correctly and uh my favorite bit was with Arthur um trying to take down this huge man named Donnie is it Donnie 
uh, in the gambling den. Oh, right. Yeah. And it was just taking him down. And he's like the scrawny little boy. <laughs> and like, he, tr- he tries really hard. It's a good physical comedy. Like, he really latches onto him. Like, even without the power suit, like, he tries to be a hero. And yeah. I, j- I just love that. And he plays that role of a, like a high roller really well. Like, it was the kind of uh, confidence that I wish I could see more of in him. Yeah. But he he did it well. He re- he was pretty. He was a PC undercover, sold as said by Flexon. Flexon. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Flexon. Yeah. <laughs> but but he he did it well. I'm pretty impressed that this was his first undercover mission. It went really good. Absolutely. Um, there, there's there's just so much to laugh about. I will say, um, in terms of comedy, season two, I think because it's come on on uh, like into its own, uh, the comedy is just a lot funnier this season. Yes. I'm like constantly laughing at bits. Uh, anything Overkill says makes me laugh at this point, mm-hmm. just because he's like so tough, and then just hits you with the, the softness or the the, the counterintuitiveness. The I'm going to say that no, or or when he gets jealous when she says you can't do that. Yes, I can, and because he, <laughs> he just wants to prove that he's the, you know he's awesome. <laughs> but it's like the stupidest thing. It could be the littlest, dumbest things, but he'll just he'll just say these things and be loud and yeah. Um, so Overkill obviously is my favorite character slash comedy bits every everything that he says this season to me is funny yeah. <laughs> you know with the tick um try to see if i can there was something funny he said and again i'm my bad i don't remember which season it was he said something like destiny dressed you up this morning my friend and now fear <laughs> yeah. is trying to pull your pants off <laughs> Some, uh, something like that dude, the, the pieces good, are there good. but no it's it's brilliant that you say that because like dude that's it's those tick, tick. yeah those lines yeah. Man. Yeah. Those tick. yeah oh my gosh and uh, it's just priceless yeah uh i love that voice that's yeah. such a good voice yeah because it seems like he's gonna say something so prominent and great and then it's just it just means it comes out being silly mm-hmm. um all right any final thoughts about the show I'm really glad you introduced it to me. Um, I loved watching it. It's such a good ride. I'm yeah. actually kind of interested in the other Prime shows now and I see how good it is. Yeah. This one. So I'm really excited to be on this journey. Yeah. Same here. Um, like Eileen was saying, I definitely, you know, thank you very much, Christian. It's definitely an awesome show. Uh, every time I watch it, I'm always smiling and laughing and uh, drawn into, you know, it makes you laugh. Yeah, it's serious. And so no, I definitely like it a lot. I do have a question though. Maybe we can just before we end. Uh, I was thinking mid midnight. Yeah. At the end of season one, I want to say midnight said something to Arthur and the Tick like, I, I can't quote him, but like you know they're gonna be, be watching you now. Was he talking about Big Brother watching those two? Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. Uh, Big Brother was uh, I think a reference to Aegis, and ah, that's and okay. you can kind of see it because when they say Big Brother, you can kind of see the drone hovering. And then in the beginning of the season, is it, is it Kevin or what is his name? I think Kevin, it was Kevin. Yeah, yeah he catches Kevin. one and he's like, they're watching us or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, I, ah, we didn't you. talk about it, but Walter was pulling those karate moves in season one. Oh my the gosh, end. yeah. Like, I need yeah. to, I, is he like a frontman for ages or like, was he sent there to be like a spy for the family? Does he know how, how powerful the family is? Did he know how powerful, um, oh, crap, what's her name? Dot. Did he knew beforehand like how did how did he get involved with this mother and how did he what was why was he trained like this like i need to know his backstory and like (laughs) when the mother said like oh we don't keep secrets in the family and he gave that look to her and i was just like okay i need to know what's going on there like is that i'll do a hot take i'll i'll go with uh i was taught growing up by my family expect the unexpected I did not, I was like, oh, he seems like a very, you know, very nice man. He's, uh, you know, he's a humble, sweet man. But I'm going to go with the, this hot take here. Expect the unexpected. I wouldn't think it, so maybe maybe he's, like, evil. <gasps> oh, my oh, gosh. No. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that. That's cause, my take. Because uh, I, I had a gut feeling, because he, he was really interested in the backstories and his mm-hmm. amazing moves. And he, he kept there's a there's a running bit with him where he, he just says watch your feet. Yeah, I'm wondering what that is. Oh yeah, what's that? I I have a gut feeling it's going to be tied to some sort of history revolving his or er, revolving involving his uh, his feet or or something along those lines. And uh, w- I'm with you on that. I feel like he was either a villain 
or a superhero of some sort. A part of me kind of wishes he was one of the five. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know how that would how that would work. Mm-hmm. Unless, and and this comes back to the terror because the terror the terror was great. Uh, Jackie oh, Earl Healy. Yes. That's yeah. The name. Great actor. I love him and everything. He's Roshark and Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's in Preacher. Uh, I think he played Freddy Krueger too in the in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Anyway, um, yeah, he he mentions towards the end of season one, like Big Brother's watching, but he was doing all of this because of the real threat, which which apparently isn't really him. And I'm starting to wonder. Is anything that we've seen in season one, like, real? Because if there is some mysterious thing, maybe somebody faked alleged deaths? They even make a joke about that. Oh. And, uh, who, who was mentioning it? Uh, Overkill. Because oh, it's the Duke, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we get a little bit of Overkill's backstory um, with uh, the, the team that he used to work with, with uh, Aegis, and uh, how they were gone, uh, eliminated by this, this alleged... Uh, crime guy called the Duke, and uh, the Duke is apparently not dead because um, he he's he's supposedly alive, even though Overkill pretty much decapitated him, uh, mm-hmm. according to his own thing. But the fact that the Duke is alive and Overkill's alive, even though he was originally uh, supposed to be dead, mm-hmm. uh, and the Terror was alive, and even though he was supposed to be dead, I think because and it's, and because it's a superhero series, we can all kind of accept that death in this tick universe mm. is very much reversible so cool. it wouldn't surprise me if, if uh walt walter walter was uh was one of the five Ooh, okay but, yeah. Ooh, yeah nice cool. they're throwing a lot of fan theories out there <laughs> i have one more fan theory yeah. uh, so you know how they love the croissants and it's so good and they talk about the nano butter what if it's infected with nanobots and they're tracking them somehow or it's like some sort of like they're doing some sort of thing, cause you know how with um Brown Tinkle Cola, it was, <laughs> it was um terrorist piss. Yeah. So I feel like there's some yeah. sort of thing in the croissants. I feel like something or with the full ham, like something, cause full ham's indestructible. I'm just like wondering if the other products are insidious as well. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. very possible. Uh, to be honest. I I actually don't have anything to say now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, that note, uh, I guess we'll call uh, episode six of TV Talk a wrap. Um, it's been fun. Uh, this is Christian. You can follow me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Facebook as my name, Christian Angelus. Uh, Instagram as XN Angelus, and Twitter on XN underscore Angelus. Uh, Eileen, do you have anywhere where our audience can follow you? Um, so I have an Instagram that I'm trying to be more active with, so it's at intervital e-i-n-t-e-r-v-i-t-a-l should probably think of a easier more <laughs> pronounceable name but yeah and you can catch eileen's articles on the work print she'll be covering a lot of uh, literature related stuff so i'm excited <laughs> yay uh neil do you have anywhere where uh, the audience can find you or just want to say uh, hi? i got a facebook i'd say it's what neil sarsano so there you go. I'm on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and if you ever want fantasy advice in terms of uh, fantasy sports, that's the guy to talk to. Yay. All right. Uh, and that's that's a wrap on uh, on TV Talk. Uh, thank you for listening for The Tick. Uh, the review will probably come out soon. I'll probably write a little bit more uh, about it. Uh, for next week, uh, we'll be talking Happy, uh, episodes one through three. Um, and that one, I'll be bringing back John and Denise, who you might have heard in uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, and that's it. Uh, hope you guys have a great one, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs>